usually can when I'm sitting in the bar. And I'm listening to music. And a few weeks ago, I was listening um, to some songs on the on the YouTube when I was in the bar. And this, I didn't realise there was a song until I um, looked into it later because I thought they were just worshipping. And they just started singing um, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness, That is Who You Are. And they just kept singing it over and over again. And I thought, and it was, well, I got up here, it was sending me. <laughs> I was in the bath and I was going, yes, Lord, that is what you are. You're a wave maker, you're a miracle worker, you're a promise keeper, you're a light in the darkness. That is who you are. And they just kept singing it. And then he said after that, sometimes these things, we've got to keep repeating it to ourselves so that the penny drops. That that is what he is. That he is a way maker, that he does do miracles. And we prayed this morning for Jonathan. Um, I don't know the, the gentleman, but I, I did have a little panic on. I've got to be honest, when Terence prayed, and I thought, what's, what's all that about? But um, um, he is, he's a miracle worker. Mm. He does yeah. keep his promises. And he is a light yeah. in the darkness. Right. That is who he is. So anyway, I couldn't get these, this words out of my head and then I had to have a little look into it so I'm gonna over the next I don't know how many I'm hoping that light in the darkness will be around Christmas time <laughs> so if I'm kind of around by there I'm thinking oh light in the darkness that'll be really cool but this morning um, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the fact that he is a way maker that is who he is He's a way maker. Um, and I just want to have a little look at where we can read about God making a way. Um, in Isaiah 43, verse 16, it says this. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. As I was reading this, I was thinking about God. He will always point us back what he's done before. He was reminding this generation of Israelites um, in Isaiah's time that he can way, make a way for them because he can point back to one of the greatest exploits he's ever done when he really went big. Now, I got up here, David is the expert on this because he was borderline obsessed when he a few years ago on Moses and crossing the Red Sea. I mean, borderline obsessed. I mean, how many weeks? How many months? Years. Years. <laughs> and I know he's the expert on this um, marvellous time when God made a way through the sea. But I'm just going to give a little... I know it's not going to be as good as you do. <laughs> but I'm just going to give a little summary on this wonderful thing. I'm going to give a little summary in a, on this wonderful thing that God did. Um, I'm clicking and I, can I stop that clicking? Am I? Uh, 
did something or You know, we all know the story. Moses goes into Egypt and another goes to Ola. Um, but it was pretty horrendous um, on both sides, I would have imagined. But um, so they, he finally said, right, get out of my sight. Pharaoh's finally said, go and we can't uh, cope and deal with you anymore. So off they go. Um, and they begin, the Israelites begin their journey out of Egypt. And I had to laugh when I was reading it, but I, God specifically led them in a path where they would avoid confrontation. Um, if you read, and I'm going to read it, if you read Exodus 13, verses 17 and 18, it says, Then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was nearer. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. So this was the easy peasy way, the way they were going. They didn't, he didn't want them to go um, through the land of the Philistines because he knew he would, they would hit um, confrontation. So I was reading this and I, sometimes I don't know where God is like, you know, because he was not leading them that way. He was leading them the easy peasy way, which was into the wilderness. However, as their journey continued, and we will read on, they found themselves at a dead end. And like I say, what is God doing? Has he made a mistake? You know, do we sometimes think like that in our lives? Well, hang on a minute now. I was going in this direction and I was having a breeze and things were going really, really well. And then I felt God telling me to go in this direction and all of a sudden I've hit this, this brick wall and I don't know where I'm going to go from you. You know, has he made a mistake in my life? And why have I found myself in this position that I can't seem to see a way forward? Well, the Israelites find themselves in this position where there's a huge sea in front of them and Pharaoh, who have changed his mind, by the way, um, about leaving them go, and he is hot on their train. And his armies are closing in behind them. Modern terminology would say they find themselves between a rock and a hard place, which is faced with two equally undesirable alternatives. That's a good way of putting it. But, but God. Now, but God is going to be a little phrase that comes into my sermon a couple of times today. But God. And I'm going to read Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, because understandably, they are afraid, because they got this huge sea in front of them and, and the, the greatest army that probably earth has, has ever known coming um, to, the, to the back of it. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, 
stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Now I can imagine if I was there on that beach, I can imagine I'd be running here, I'd be running there, I'd be thinking, what is going to happen to us? And that's what we like. We see this situation in front of us and we're running here and we're running there. But what does God say? Stand still. Stand still. Stand still? What do you mean stand still? There's this, oh gosh. <laughs> There's these people charging in be, behind us. There's this massive sea in front of us. What do you mean stand still? It's the, it's the total opposite, isn't it? Of what, of, of what should be occurring. But I just love those. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. The Lord will fight for you. I love that. He does our fighting for us. We don't have to do it. He does it for us. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Now back to Isaiah 43 and verse 2. It says, when you pass through the waters, they will not engulf you. Mm. Notice, he didn't sweep them up in a big wound. When, when I was thinking of this, I was thinking of the um, song we always used to sing, oh, did Moses cross the Red Sea? Did he, did he, fly? You know, did he fly? Did he do all this? No, notice he didn't sweep them up in this big wound wind and fly them over the sea. There wasn't that cooey tool miraculously appearing for them to board, they had to go through. Mm -hmm. They had to stand still and they had to see the salvation of the Lord, but they had to go through. So when I say we have to stand still and he, he does our fighting for us, that is when faith comes in to believe that he will do our fighting for us, but we have to take that step forward. He made a way that they had to step in faith to walk through it. Now I got a vivid imagination here. Can you imagine being in the middle of that sea? It's, it's, the sea has gone up, the wind, the Bible says that he, he uh, caused an east wind to come and it parted the sea. So the sea is like walled up either side of them. Now we've all looked, stood looking at the sea and the power that the sea has, the roar of it, sometimes it's deafening, crashing onto the rocks, the power that it holds. God harnessed that power either side of them with this great wind that he sent. The racket must have been deafening. Between the sea and the wind, you know, this was a wonderful thing that God had done and was doing, but I really don't think that that was at the forefront of their minds. Well, this is a wonderful thing that God is doing, you know. <laughs> you can imagine them walking, I guess, You know, looking and, and checking and making sure 
that you know you know maybe a little splash came out or a little you know a little fish popped out maybe <laughs> onto onto the dry land. It was it would have been even though it's a wonderful experience, it would have been an absolutely terrifying experience for them. But you know what? God took them through mm. on dry land. Now when they got to the other side, oof, oh, how's it going? <laughs> you know, they're on the other side now. The sea, the wind has died down. The sea has come back and formed itself over the, um, the, the uh, Pharaoh's armies. And oof, yeah, we just walked through the sea. We, he just made a way through the sea. We just walked through the sea on dry land. No one's ever going to believe this, that we just did this. Because we can look back, can't we, and see what God has done, and we can be really, really chuffed about it. But when you're going through, when you're going, having to step and go through it, they're really scary times. And that would have been a terrifying time for them, people of Israel, when they look back and told their stories about it and their children in, in years gone by because... Um, such a, a marvellous thing. We walk through the sea, you know. You know, you can just imagine those people telling their grandchildren, we walk through the sea on dry land. And that was really, I bet they didn't say how scared they were, how, how frightening it was. But you know, there was an impossibility, an impossible situation with two undesirable alternatives. But he made a way. Amen. He is Amen. the way maker. The second part of the verse two, our verse two in Isaiah 43 says this. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Do you know, this second part of this verse gives me the excuse to talk about one of my absolute favourite accounts in the Bible, which is found in Daniel 3. Um, Terence is going through at the moment, at the minute, on, online, the heroes of faith. And when you read through Hebrews 11, I mean Moses, he's, and the Red Sea, and the plagues, and everything else, he's got a big chunk. There's quite a few verses about him. But there's only a nod to this um, in Hebrews 11, in verse 34, which says, which, you know, I'm not really happy about. <laughs> um, verse 34, it says, um, well, I better read 33 as well. Who through faith uh, subdued kingdoms with righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the vows of lions, that's Daniel, um, quenched the violence of fire. That's it. Quenched the violence of fire. One little line in that um, Hebrews 11. And what a story this is. What an account this is in Daniel chapter 3. I love this story. It is one of my absolute favourites. Of course, the account is of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. 
a Sunday school stable. <laughs> I mean, who didn't love this story when they heard it in Sunday school? About the three boys who had been exiled to Babylon. They, in Babylon, of course, they, them three and Daniel are the famous ones, the famous ones that didn't eat uh, the meat and, and only wanted to eat the vegetables and they were the stronger. And you know the background of these three boys, but they were, at the end of the day, three little refugees with nothing of their own in a strange country, um, separated from those they loved. But this story just blows me away every time I read it. And we know the fact that Nebuchadnezzar has built this huge statue and he commands every single person in the land to bow down when they hear every instrument that has ever been played, played. Because when you read that verse, when it says it just goes on and on and on with all the instruments, the harp and the lyre, when you hear these things, you are to bow down to this. Um, create statue. These boys, like I say, far from home, but close to God, very close to God, and they refuse. They refuse to bow down to this statue. Well, Nebuchadnezzar is having none of this, and he's furious, and he tells them that if they're not going to bow down, then they'll go into the Again, between a rock and a hard place. They don't want to bow down because that would go against everything that they've ever known, that they've ever lived out in their lives because they know you don't bow down to idols. The only God, the one true God, he is the one that you bow down to. And they, they couldn't, with all consciousness, bow down to this um, statue. But the alternative is being thrown into a fiery furnace. Now, I've, I've spoken on this before, and I, I've got to be honest, I think I would have said, oh, God, I'll, um, I'll bow down. But I sort of... I'll just do a little, you know. Because no one wants to go into a fiery furnace. Nobody. Um, but these boys, do you know what? They, they're just so incredible. He t and he's, like I say, he tells them, this furnace is awaiting them. These boys have two undesirable alternatives in front of them. But listen to this in Daniel uh, 3, verses 17. And it just gives me goosebumps every single time I read it. So he says, you know, um, you're going in, in the furnace. And they say, well, if that is the case, <laughs> our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you. O king, that we do not serve your gods, and we will worship, we will not worship the gold image which you have set up. 
I think they've made it pretty plain there which way they go in. Because they believe that God can deliver them, but even if he decides he's not going to deliver them, then we're not bowing down to this statue. I just think that's absolutely incredible. These boys, they're my heroes. He's furious, Nebuchadnezzar, so furious that he orders the furnace to be heated up seven times, which always makes me smile because I think, well, fires, fire, you know, they're going in, like they're going in, it's, um, it's going to do a lot of damage. So anyway, they, they are thrown, they're thrown into the fire and they fall into the fire and should have been consumed. But listen to this, listen to this. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counsellors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Well, look, he answered, I see four men, and they loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the fall of the fourth is like the Son of God. He delivered them. <laughs> he called out to them Nebuchadnezzar he called out to them and I love this as well in verse 27 he called out to them and he said um, called them forward and told them to come out of the fire and then oh, what's happened and then the satraps or whoever they are administrators, governors and the king's counsellors gathered together and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, Amen. nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not even on them. Now, when I was reading this again afresh yesterday, I was thinking about, I don't know how often I light one of my rings on my cooker, won't light with the ignition, I have to light it with a clicker. And sometimes it takes ages and then it goes poosh like that and it comes out and it singes the hairs on my arm and the smell is unbelievable and it's just singed a few hairs on my arm. These have been in a furnace seven times hotter mind than it originally is and they, their hair on their head is fine, their arms fine, they don't even smell fire. I just find that absolutely incredible. The son of man himself walked with them in the furnace. I like to imagine the conversation. I'm sure it started with, it's a bit hot in here boys. <laughs> Seven times. What's the point of that? Can he, does he not know who I am? I could deal with him. He, he did it up 40 times as much as that but i can just imagine what they, they talked spoke about because they were walking around in this fire and it, it must have just been such i know i know I, my imagination is just beyond but i just love to think of him just saying i got you i got you and you, you you're doing such marvelous work for me um while you're exiled you in babylon and i got you i got you back and um, so they walked out, you know, there was no possible way 
out of that fire. Yeah. If you get thrown into a fire, you're burning. But God made a way. He was the way. He is the way maker. And those boys went on to live. Um, even though they were exiled, they were um, promoted, and they went on to live good lives um, in, in, their situ in their current situation. And no doubt um, had stories of their own to tell. Um, they are their children when they got older. No, God is such a good God and he makes a way in our lives. You know, in the Old Testament, we hear the words banished. Adam and Eve were banished from the garden. We hear the words the people of God were barred from the presence of God by a huge, thick curtain. Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4, talks about descending the hill of the Lord. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Well, we are disqualified. All of us are disqualified from ascending the hill of the Lord because the qualifications are just too high for us to attain. Isaiah tells us that we are separated from God because of our sin. But here we are again this morning. We've remembered, we've come around the table and we've remembered his work. Sophie have spoken about, uh, prayed about his work, the work that he has achieved, that we can come around the table and we can eat bread that represents his body and we can drink wine that represents his blood. You know, those words that I've just mentioned, those horrible words, banished, barred, separated, disqualified, but God. Amen. But God Praise had a plan him. which was conceived before the foundation of the world. And that, we all know, was to send his precious son, Jesus, to this earth to become one of us. The creator becomes the created. That's another phrase that always blows me away. The creator becomes the created. Born of a virgin, grew up into a fine man, lived a perfect, sinless life. Mm. And then when the time was right, he was taken by wicked hands and nailed on a cruel cross, mm. where he gave up his own life unto death but rose again victorious and is now seated at the right hand of the mm. Father interceding for us. <laughs> you know, we are so privileged here this morning because we are no longer banished. You know, the same relationship, and, and let's get this right, Adam and Eve, before sin, had the perfect relationship with God. He would come and he would walk with them in the cool of the evening. Imagine that. But we can imagine that because that's exactly the same relationship that we have with him. He comes and he talks with us and he walks with us. We have this wonderful relationship with him. We are no longer barred. I don't know if I say that right. You're barred. <laughs> 
When he said the words, it is finished, as he hung there, that veil, that curtain, that thick thing that was made back then was torn from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. Top to bottom, and it's with boldness now mm -hmm. that we can enter into the presence of the most holy God. <coughs> You know, I've no doubt that that veil was sewn back up as soon as it was torn to stop people going into the presence of, the God, of God because we bar ourselves from entering into the presence of God but he doesn't bar us. Mm -hmm. The way is wide open for us to go into the presence of God. You know, we've, we've prayed this morning that people... Um, will know that he is the true Messiah, that that veil has been torn in two, that it doesn't have to be sewn back up, that people can walk straight into the presence of a most holy God. You know, we can, we can ascend the hill of the Lord. We qualify now, not because of anything we have done, but all because of him. The great sacrifice was made the debt that we all owed was paid in full. We now have clean hands Amen. and a pure heart, so we can ascend the hill of the Lord, clothed, clothed in his garments of righteousness. And you know what? We are no longer separated by sin, because he is dealt with all Amen. our sin. Praise past, him. present, mm. and future, all nailed to the cross. Mm. You know, we watched, um, I said to Paul, watch a nice film tonight. And he found a film. I didn't realise um, it was a Christian film. And we started watching it. Oh, do you know what? It was really, it was all about a young, uh, what's, it, what's it called? Uh, Overcomer? Overcomer, if anybody's got Netflix. It was really, I cried all the way through it. It was about a young girl who was overcoming her, um, her parents had, um, Oh, I won't tell you, I won't tell you, just in case you watch it. Well, anyway, she found the Lord, and it was just a wonderful um, account about uh, the, the, the woman that had led her to the Lord, told her to read Ephesians 1 and 2, and to list down all the things that she is now, because she's given her heart to the Lord. And then the story went, you know, she'd written all these things down of what she is, because of what he has made Amen. her. And the realization that she wasn't a mistake. I see, I cried all the way through, I cried all the way through that last night. I said, I wanted to watch a nice film. I didn't want to cry all the way through it, which I did. But you know, the realization as it dawned on her what she was now, because of all that he has done for her. Because what we are this morning, because of all that he has done for us. You know, he made a way. Amen. He spanned the mighty gulf, the God that existed between us and God. It was a massive gulf. It was an impossible, impossible gulf. And yet he spanned it so that now we don't have to go to a priest. We don't have to beat ourselves up. We can come straight in Amen. to the presence Amen. of God because he mm. made a way. 
The Red Sea, wow, yes, absolutely incredible. The fiery furnace, yeah, amazing stuff. But what Jesus has done for us, Amen. we haven't got words to describe Amen. what he Amen. has done for us. You know, we're in awe of him this morning. In awe of him. He is the way. He made the way. Amen. Jesus, this morning, Amen. is our way maker. Amen. 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 Amen.